the blast from our past network. Lock your doors, close your windows, turn out your lights, for chills and thrills await you. It's time for Podcasting After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Stay with a friend, say your prayers as grisly ghouls close in to seal your doom. And enjoy this bonus episode of Podcasting After Dark. Hey everybody, co-host Corey here with another solo video game review that I know you guys all love. Well, I love doing them, so I'm hoping you're enjoying them as well. This time, I am going to be talking about Aliens Dark Descent 2023. This game actually just came out um, about a month and a half ago of this recording, so it's still pretty fresh out there, so hopefully this maybe will help you guys... uh, Somebody out there decide whether or not they want to buy the game or not. So, we'll see. But before we jump into it, I wanted to really quickly say thank you to all of our Patreon listeners. We really appreciate the love and support that you guys give us over on that platform. And uh, obviously, it you know helps to keep the lights on and everything. And really, really appreciate it. Um, if you're listening to this and you're looking for our Patreon page, it's patreon.com slash podcastingafterdark. But you can find that link and you know every link to all the the podcatchers out there you can find our merch store all of our episodes our interviews everything yada 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 you can find everything on our website podcastingafterdark.com that's podcastingafterdark.com and like i said you can find our merch store we have shirts over there lots of shirts actually quite a few of them were designed by me so uh if you want to support the show and you uh you know you're not a fan of patreon or something then Feel free to pick up some merch or feel free to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That uh, that really helps. I mean, really, really does. So, all right. Well, let's get into Aliens Dark Descent. It is a real-time strategy game developed by Tindalus Interactive and published by Focus Entertainment. So, right away, um, I want to address what kind of game this is. Uh, if you ever played XCOM, um, or more probably more accurately, Syndicate uh, on the PC, and I think it was on the PlayStation way back in the day, um, it's more akin to that. But if you've ever played XCOM, you have a basis of understanding of what kind of game this is. Um, it's not a third-person shooter or anything like that. The camera's not down like over the shoulder of your Colonial Marine or anything. It's uh, it's up in the air. And you can go up really high or you can kind of bring the camera down in a little bit. But you're always controlling a squad of Colonial Marines. They range from four to five later on in the game. Uh, You control a squad of them by basically moving the cursor around the screen or around the map and telling them to go there. You don't control an individual Marine. You don't like, uh, you know, have one Marine go over here, another Marine go over there. They all kind of work together as a unit, but they're smart. They know what to do and you don't, you know, have, you never feel like you're, you know, you're hampered by the fact that you can't control them individually. They go for cover on their own, you know, depending on where you put them, they hold their ground. You can, you know, tell them to, you know, hold an area and stuff like that and defend an area and things like that. And I'll get into different classes of your Marines in, in a little bit, but 
I just really wanted, you know, the listeners, you all to understand what kind of game this is at first, uh, right out of the gate. And like I said, it's a real-time strategy game, whereas XCOM is a turn-based strategy game. So, you know, you, you basically, in XCOM, there's two teams. There's you, and then you're fighting the computer. You move your characters, you give them actions, then, you know, the, they do it, and then you sit there while the computer does the same thing, and you can't control it. Here, you are controlling everything in real time, but you do have the option to slow down time or pause time completely and issue orders and, and you know, kind of figure things out, you know, if you want. Um, I do recommend the game starts out uh, with slow time as the default setting. I highly recommend to change it in the settings to pause time whenever you bring up your action menu um, because things happen at such a fast rate that it's you know it's overwhelming sometimes especially when you have a lot of actions uh, to choose from so before I get into all that let's set up the story so this is you know this takes place in the aliens universe um, it is colonial marine centric, which is why I personally love it. Uh, if you listen to my Aliens Fireteam Elite review, you know that, and if you've been a listener of the show, you know that I'm a big, big fan of colonial marines. Like, y'all know, Star Wars is life, but Aliens is my favorite movie of all time. And the main reason for that as a kid were the colonial marines. I love them. I love the dropship. I love the APC. I love the pulse rifle, the machine gun, everything, the smart gun, all of it, the armor, colonial marine armor. Oh, love it. Love every bit of the aliens colonial marine universe. So I really don't want to give much away about the story because, you know, it, it does have some interesting aspects of it. And I don't want to kind of spoil those for anybody who who are interested in the story. So I'll do a, a very light uh, setup. Um, and you don't really play as any particular character and I will sort of I'll get into that but that being said there are characters that you're going to sort of connect with and are sort of the main characters of the story so you kind of start with a Waylon Utani um just low level you know a company person uh running a space station her name is Mako Hayes and through a series of events she has to initiate a, an orbital lockdown um, of of basically the the space station, the planet below, and any other ships that are are caught in the orbit are going to get grounded uh, because of this action. Now, of course, this action happens because a bunch of xenomorph cultists have basically brought xenomorphs into the mix on this planet and everything like that. And this is this is in the time where of the aliens timeline where not much is known about the xenomorphs. It's kind of new to these people. Whereas later on with like aliens, fire team elite, that's supposed to take place later in the timeline. The xenomorphs are kind of known and, and whatnot. And you know, the Marines understand them and, and things like that. Whereas here, it's still kind of new and they're, they're not quite sure what these things are, but clearly other people in the Whalen Utani, you know, universe and the corporation do. And uh, so there's this whole cult angle happens um, and then basically because of this planetary quarantine, there's these defense, um, you know, satellites with missiles and everything that basically are aimed towards at the planet, like sort of at the planet and, and any ships that are coming out or orbiting it get shot down. So there happened to be a colonial Marine ship 
in orbit, the Ortago, and it goes down, you know, in, in through the story and everything, uh, Mako kind of goes onto that ship and it, it crash lands and everything. And then that ship on the planet becomes your base of operations. Again, if you've played XCOM, you understand the base of operations aspect. Um, in XCOM, you can kind of like upgrade your base. You can't really do that in here. But of course, you have access to your med bay. You have access to your, um, you know, your, your tech. You can research new technology. You know, you can outfit your Marines and stuff like that. You can recruit new Marines. You can train them. Um, if there are, if they get damaged or anything, you know, or hurt, they can go into the med bay, but they can also get psychological damage. They can get trauma. Um, so they have to go into like do psychiatry and stuff like that, which is, is interesting. So story-wise, the setup is basically just there to get you onto the planet and sort of give you something to do, give you, you know, things to go after. Um, there is a broader story. You're, you're, you're the sergeant that sort of is, is in charge of the Ortago, um, Sergeant, jo sergeant Jonas Harper. Uh, there's this psychic connection that he has with the aliens. Um, I'm not in love with that aspect of the story, but it does, you know, it does play out and, and it does kind of drive the narrative a little bit. Um, there's multiple people involved. There's these xenomorph cultists. Um, there's, you know, the Whalen Utani Corporation, uh, which, you know, that means that as you're playing this game, you're not just fighting xenomorphs in their various forms. You have, you know, drones like you saw an alien. You have warriors like you see in Aliens. Uh, you have runners, like you see in Alien 3. And obviously all these, you can pretty much assume what they can do. Um, but then there's there's ones that actually showed up in Aliens Fireteam Elite, like the Praetorian and the Crusher. There's like these level 2 um, xenomorphs that you can encounter that are a bit tougher. And of course there's queens too. Um, but not just all that. You actually have to fight against cultists uh, who have access to guns. And also Waylon Utani mercenaries who, you know, have pulse rifles, uh, I don't think they actually have any smart machine guns, but they do have sentry turrets uh, that they can set up as well. Um, and it's cool because you see them, you know, land in a in a Colonial Marine dropship, you know, the Cheyenne UD4 dropship. Um, but theirs is like painted like white with like some yellow accent, and because they're like you know Whalen Utani mercenaries, that's kind of cool. I like that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff that really brings me back to it and and really enjoying the the game, like the little you know, the nitty gritty of it all. So another aspect that the story sort of provides is you have two things going against you. So, you know, you do a mission, you go out and do a mission, come back to the base, and that's a day. In order to do the next mission, you have to jump ahead a day. A couple of things will factor in because of that. A negative, when you jump days, a negative is the planetary infestation level goes up. So every time you go back to a mission or an area, it will become harder. At some point in the story, there becomes a doomsday clock that starts counting down. I think it's like 20 days or something. And so you essentially have to beat the game by that point otherwise you're dead the whole every everything the planet gets you know sanitized and if you're still on it you're dead so you have to beat the game by that point now why days matter say you you know one of your couple of your favorite marines are, are wounded and it's going to take them a couple days to recover you can skip those days you can just you know hold down skip skip those days 
and they will recover and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you're now one, you have two less days or three less days closer to the doomsday clock, you know, going down. And like I said, it that's something that happens about halfway through, maybe two thirds of the way through. Um, and, and you'll be prepared by then. Before the doomsday clock happens, you can go and take as much time as you want. The planetary infestation kind of maxes out at five. So it doesn't really matter that much, to be honest with you. So I would recommend when you play it before the doomsday clock comes on, take as much time as possible to really beef up your Marines and everything and, and explore the different stages. So two things. The stages you're going to be exploring are pretty big, bigger than a typical XCOM stage. Um, you And you can go back to them multiple times. So you go to, say, a planetary docks, you know, and it looks like what you think it's going to look like in an Aliens movie. It's all rainy and muddy and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it has the typical, you know, processor, atmospheric processor, everything you were expecting from Aliens that you see in Aliens at Hadley's Hope. Now, the cool thing is, the idea is that this colony's been there longer, so like grass and stuff is actually starting to grow, and you get to see maybe, you know, what Hadley's Hope would have looked like, you know, had it not been destroyed <laughs> by Ripley and, and the gang. Um, but the stages are big. They have a lot of hidden areas. You can't see areas until you actually get there, so they're kind of hidden on your map by like a fog of war type of thing. You, you would, un you know, you understand that if you play XCOM as well and Command and Conquer and stuff. It just means. You as the player can't see what's what's in those rooms or in that area until you actually send your Marines there. Um, you can go, you can do collectibles, you can collect ammo, you can collect survivors, you can collect data pads to kind of find out, you know, the story of what's going on. You can find synths, uh, you know, and have them join you on your mission or you bring them back to the Ortago and they become, you know, physicians or engineers and stuff like that. And so you can actually increase the amount of like doctors you have on your team so you can, you know, heal quicker, you know, your Marines and stuff like that. So the stages themselves are pretty big with multiple levels. Like some go into the basements, some go like have, you know, two story buildings and stuff like that. So it does vary. And graphically, it looks exactly like you would expect from aliens, like, uh, you know, a uh, uh, shake and bake colony, basically, as as Burke calls it. Um, actually, I think that was Van Van Leeuwen. But anyways, God, God, I've seen aliens too many times. So what you're going to do is when you land, say you're going to do a mission, you go to like the docks, you, you, your drop ship drops you off and you have you either have an APC that can carry five Marines, or you have a recon-style APC that carries four Marines. It drops you off. You start exploring the level. There are multiple areas on the stage that you can tell your vehicle to go to. You can also be picked up on those multiple areas, um, but it can't be anywhere. Like You can't tell the APC to just go here. It has to be a designated point. And sometimes you actually have to like move things for the APC to actually get there. But the APC will defend the area that it's at. So if, if aliens are, are walking around, if a drone is walking around, comes within the line of fire of the APC, the APC will gun it down. So while you're controlling your Marines, doing objectives, trying to find things, hiding for cover, things like that, you know, you're walking your Marines around as, a, let's just for sake of argument, you know, a group of five. You know, you tell them to go over there, 
they do that. They start walking. If they see an alien that comes in their path, if it, you know, engages them, they'll shoot it. They'll keep walking, though, while they shoot. They won't stop. You can stop them if you want. You can, you know, redirect them, like have them walk backwards, um, and that will buy you some time. And, you know, of course, there's acid damage and all that kind of stuff. Your Marines have armor points and they have health points. Um, armor points are nice because you can get an upgrade later that nullifies acid. But um, health, but health points can be regenerated via you know health packs in a level, but armor points cannot. Uh, so it's a nice little balance, and of course you can upgrade your marines and all that kind of stuff. So your marines start out as just you know base grunts; they look like your normal colonial marines. Um, once they reach level three or four, they can take a specialty class. Uh, there is uh, sergeant, heavy machine gunner. Sniper, aka recon, medic, and technician. And when your marine is ready to be upgraded, like when it hits that level, and you can you can actually pick a class for them, you get to choose from two. So you don't get to choose from all of them. You get it just gives you two options. So you kind of have to pick that one. Then as they level up, you can unlock passive perks like you know. Greater accuracy, you know, meaning they can see further, more armor, more health points, um, and some stuff that actually attributes to the whole team, like command points uh, uh, could be increased if you have a certain amount of, you know, these characters on your team, stuff like that. Obviously, Heavy Machine Gunner gets access to the smart gun. Um, every Marine at a certain level has access to a heavy pulse rifle, a flame unit uh, as a secondary, or a shotgun as a secondary, or a plasma rifle. And the the base level pulse rifle is the only one that has the grenade launcher. So you're going to still f- want to field at least one person with, with that. So basically you can upgrade your Marines either by training them on the Ortago. And that takes days, you know. Um, or you take them into the field and they can, you know, do objectives will we'll level up. Um, fighting off massive hordes will help them level up and things like that. So you're going to want to, I kind of tended to have an A team and a B team. If I went into a new area, I would send in my B team first to kind of just open up as much as I could, see as much as I can. And then once, you know, they kind of got their asses kicked and everything, I'd bring them back and then I would bring in my B team, you know, well, probably reverse, you know, (laughs) anyways, you get it like my strong boys, um, and, and kind of have them mop up. But of course you can have as fun with it, figure out your own strategies and everything. Uh, the cool thing is with the Marines, you can customize uh, how they look. Obviously, when you get them, you know it's like auto-generated, male or female, and you can you can change everything. You can customize everything about them: hair color, skin tone, you know, um, sex, male, female, yada yada yada. And you can also change their name. Um, so what I tend to do is, and I do this in XCOM as well. I just change everybody's names to like, you know, people that are my friends or, um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of the BFOP network, uh, podcasters were, were on this go around, you know, I had all the boys from action action in there had all the boys from the Spees brothers from the blast from our past, you know, Zach, Dustin, and you know, everybody was in there and, uh, talking back, Tim and Dean were in there and I just kind of figured it out. I was like, yeah, I'll make these guys, this, this guy, that, and everything. And it kind of, because th- this game does have permadeath, so if your character dies, they're dead. Um, you can bring their ta- dog tags back and kind of get an XP boost and stuff like that. So it kind of, for me, 
adds like, you know, a little layer of fun to it, a little layer of drama. You know, I actually care about my characters because my Marines, because, you know, they're technically people I know. So, of course, you know, I'll make Dustin from Action Action have a big beard and stuff like that because that's what he has in real life. So it's fun. I try to do that kind of thing. And one aspect I really enjoy that comes from these certain classes is you get to see like what a colonial marine medic looks like, you know, that that you get to see what a, a recon person looks like. So, for example, you know, they have a hood on and they have night vision goggles and they kind of have like a cloak on and their armor's dark and everything, but they still have, you know, the colonial marine armor. It's a little bit altered and everything. And I, I think the developers did a really cool job of keeping the aesthetic of the colonial marine armor for the different classes but also making the different classes stand out. You can also change the color of your, I mean, they have a lot of different colors to change your your armor to and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I really enjoyed sort of that aspect of it. Graphics-wise, so, you know, you zoom into the character models, they don't look particularly great. I mean, they're not the best thing I've ever seen, but that's not really the point. They're not meant to be, like, zoomed in on. They're meant to be seen from a certain, you know, height. There's only so far down you can make the camera go sort of into the team and everything. So they'll still use, you know, the same character models for the cutscenes, and, and it's serviceable, but it can look it can look pretty rough. And I get it. I get, you know, they're not going to make new models for the cutscenes. This is this is a small budget studio. This is kind of like the same with Aliens Fireteam Elite, uh, the last one I, I reviewed. This Neither of these titles are like AAA titles. Now, that's not to say, you know, that, the graphics are bad per se. It's just don't expect it to be, you know, current gen, the the best graphics you've ever seen. Cause that's not really what the game's about. The environments look fantastic. The models are great, you know, from a distance and everything. And I love the fact that, you know, as you move your team, they're aiming their pulse rifles, they're looking around. You know, the animation scene is really natural. Um, the sound is good. The <laughs> you can hear the hesitation in my voice. Um, the music's great. The problem is, is that, and they've been working on this. The development team's been working on this. You hear the same commands over and over again, over and over and over. Ad nausea. Um, I've been playing this since day one, so the day that it launched. They, the team has been great. They've been on the Reddit. I'm on the subreddit for the game. They've been listening, giving, listening feedback, and implementing it. The first patch was massive. I mean, this game was damn near broken when it launched, but I, you know, I pushed through about half of the game till the till the patch dropped. And they fixed so much stuff in the the patch. One of the things they added was the ability to turn off uh, movement commands because everyone was getting sick of, you know, double time Marines. And you, I mean, you would hear this, you hear it over and over again. You hear it in your sleep. It was just, it was bad. Uh, but the point I'm trying to make with that is, is that the dev team seems really committed to listening to feedback and, you know, actually implementing it and, and hearing what people are saying and everything. And I think the game is only going to get better. Now, Missions-wise, once you're done with the game, as of this recording, there's no game plus mode. So you can't, like, re-enter and start a new game but with all your upgrades that you had before. It doesn't... They don't have that yet. 
But my, I have a gut feeling we might see that in the future. Nothing confirmed, but it's just my gut. Um, you have multiple difficulty settings to play it on. If you're, you know, a trophy whore or an achievement whore, um, you know, you, you can have you can have fun with that. You know, go in and play it on, you know, hard nightmare and you know, etc. And and I've played it on basically medium slash normal. I, I didn't play it on the easiest. I played it on the, the next up, but I'm going to be starting up a new game immediately. Like I knew right away that this is a multiple playthrough for me. So I just was like, you know, what? let me get a feel for it. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to a, you know, hard difficulty level. Um, you know, maybe hopefully another patch will be out again, addressing some other things, but they really addressed a lot in the first patch. So, um, you know, if you haven't picked it up yet, you're better off than, than you were on day one like me. So I say the graphics are good. I enjoy the graphics, but yeah, I can see why, you know, it's, they're kind of like, they're almost like switch level graphics. But again, you're not meant to like zoom into the characters and everything. What I personally like about the look like versus Aliens Fireteam Elite is that all the Colonial Marines armor is the style from Aliens the movie. Now, if you listen to my uh, my Aliens Fireteam Elite review, you'll know that you had to buy a DLC um, to get those classic armor costume because that game's supposed to, I think, like be like 100 years after um, LV-426, you know, Hadley's Hope and everything. So, you know, I, that makes sense that there would be upgrades to the armor, but listen to my review. I have some critiques of how it looks and everything, and the dropship too. Here... And this, because the timeline is supposed to be closer to the Aliens movie, um, the APC looks exactly like the APC, the dropship looks exactly like the dropship, and th their armor looks exactly like, you know, their armor, of course, with modifications. Um, you can also get um, um, artificial limbs, like robotic arms and legs if they get destroyed, but you can actually get your characters out. Uh, your characters can get captured by, like, a drone and dragged off, and you can chase after them trying to kill the drone and then get your person back. Um, you Obviously, you can get face-hugged. Um, you can f find, you can research um, an ability to basically an ex extract a facehugger from one of your, your Marines, but if you if you haven't researched that, or don't take that into the field, you know, your Marine is pretty much screwed at that point. Um, so they do have some fun stuff. There are some story elements where you find some people and you have to decide whether you want to trust them or not. You know, if you do trust them, you're going to bring them back through Otago. But if they're, you know, uh, if they're contaminated, then that would be a bad thing. So there's some interesting story elements to it. But for the most part, you're basically going to be working your way through a level, you know, hiding for cover. Um, you know, shooting at, at Xenomorphs or whatever other enemies are there, cultists or Weyland Utani mercenaries. Um, and as you're moving through the level and you're taking damage and you're healing because you have a medic and stuff like that, your Marines are going to get more and more stressed out. You can issue commands to halt that stress. You can, uh, they can take medicine that counts towards, um, you can only carry a certain amount of med packs in, and if you actually take the medicine, it counts as a med pack, but that'll lower their stress. If their stress hits 100 and it goes over, it peaks, they will get a trauma. There's various traumas out there, lots of different ones. Um, 
you know, and they'll affect the character, like how many command points they can have. They'll affect how much um, arrest will affect them or not affect them and everything. And so you really want to maintain your character's, your, your Marine's stress. Um, one way to do that is to go into a room and seal it off. And once you're in there, you turn it into basically a rest point slash save point. And you can rest up in there and, you know, usually at no cost to yourself, but sealing up a room will cost like a, a point. Um, there are these, they look like little gears. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, they look like little wrenches. And you can carry only a certain amount in. So if you weld a door shut, it's going to use one of these little, these little uh, tools. They're essentially like tools. You can find more in the level. But, you know, it's not infinite. So you want to sort of be strategic about everything you do, pretty much. Um, so if you if you seal up a room, you can rest. Some time will pass, and you will gain all your command points back. And, you know, your Marines will, will be no more stress and all that kind of stuff. Command points are used to issue orders, like suppressing fire, firing a grenade, firing your shotgun, firing your flamethrower, all your secondary weapons, those all cost command points. Now, these command points regenerate over time, but you usually have about five or six to start with. You can get more depending on what perks you pick for your sergeant and everything, um, or other people too, that can kind of like sort of add to that. But you basically, you know, you have to be strategic with your command points. You don't want to just all of a sudden have an onslaught coming, like a massive onslaught, and then you don't have any command points left, you know. Um, you can set up sentry turrets. You can bring a certain amount of sentry turrets into a, a mission. You can also find them in the mission. You can set them up. You can direct them as to where they're aimed and everything. You can leave them there if you want. Um, you can, you know, pick them up and move on. Um, you can also, your, your technician has a drone. And you can use the drone to basically scout areas out. Um, it has a portable, you know, noisemaker. So if you want to put the drone over on the other side of the map and set it off, it could draw the, you know, the aliens towards towards it and away from you. Um, you have portable motion trackers that you can also set up, set up and then set off with the same effect. So you can basically say put one right by your APC, and then if you're basically getting swarmed or something, you can set that off and draw all the aliens towards it, and the APC will just gun them down. Um, so it's really cool. There's a lot of strategy to do. There's a lot of like, you know, you'll, you'll come up with your own strategies. You know, you'll, you'll figure out your own play style. Do you want to just barrel through and just shoot everything at sight? Sure. You know, you can do that as well, but you know, it'll be pretty tough. And, and once the aliens are alerted to your presence in that area, they start sending waves and waves of, of, you know, xenomorphs at you until essentially an onslaught happens. And then basically, you got to just hold your ground. You got to hope that you can maybe find a room that maybe only has one door entrance and then just guard it. And as they swarm through, you just unleash hell. Um, but the Marines are the, but the Xenomorphs will mess you up, man. They'll, they will fuck you up. Cause that's, you know, that's how they are, but it does a good balance. The game does a really good balance of, of creating, you know, tension, creating, you know, stress for the player and everything. It's a, but also at the same time, I never felt, it never felt unfair to me. Like if I messed up and what I would a lot of times do is, you know, if I died and my team got wiped, I would just reload a previous, you know, save point and everything just to get through it. Um, I do think on, on a harder level, I don't think you can do that. So, you know, I was kind of, I'm saving that experience for like more of a hardcore mode, but you know, playing it through on the normal mode, I was like, yeah, I don't, you know, I just want to get through the game and kind of see the story and everything. Um, but 
I never felt it was unfair. If I messed up, it was kind of just poor strategy and everything. Um, and, and, you know, I was just like, I never was frustrated. Let me just say that. I've never felt frustrated. Um, the queens, fighting queens, are a lot of fun. They're just giant bullet sponges, essentially, which is a lot of fun. But, you know, they, they mix it up with with how the place, you know, how engagements are laid out in the stage and all this kind of stuff. And I think the dev team really does a, a good job of, of keeping things interesting all throughout the entire game. So let's, you know, get into my verdict. And you got to understand that this game is, I think, for, you know, a very specific type of person. You know, if you like real-time strategy games, if you like XCOM, um, if you like Aliens, but specifically like the colonial marine aspect of it, like I do, this is for you. It's it's really a love letter to colonial marines fans, and I I appreciate that. And I mean, there's my God, the the, the Easter eggs are deep. So like your um your dropship pilot is a, is a character, and you get to know her. her name's Hunslet. And the funny thing is, the APC was built off of the Hunslet um, airplane, you know, cargo carriers. Essentially, it basically carries not, you know, it drags airplanes behind like a, a you know, tow truck type of thing. That's what the APC in the movie was based on and, and fabricated around. But the vehicle that it was fabricated around was called a Hunslet. And then the APC, uh, the um, dropship pilot is called, is her name is Hunslet. So... They, I mean, you can tell that this was made by fans, but you could also tell that it was made by a handful of fans and not a massive triple A, you know, studio. And I, for me, I'm fine with that. Also, the price point reflects that it's a $40 game. So, you know, go into it, be aware of, of its limitations, be aware of what kind of game it is. It's not quite XCOM because you're not. It's not turn-based strategy. It's still real-time strategy. But if that, you know, if you like that, if that is intriguing to you, then I say check this out. At the very least, wait for you know, wait for it to be twenty bucks. I'm sure by the end of the year there'll be a sale. It'll be twenty bucks, and by that point there'll be probably multiple patches out. I'm sure it'll be infinitely better than than it started. You know, and I played it from get go, but I also enjoyed it at the beginning. I saw the bugs. I mean, there were a ton of bugs. I mean, my God, but I get it. And they, they, the dev team worked their butts off and they patched it pretty quickly with a lot of stuff. So, um, there's still, it's still kind of buggy. Uh, you know, I've been reading on, on Reddit and everything. There's still, you know, a handful of bugs and this and that. I think it's going to take them a while to iron out the kinks because it's a, it doesn't sound like a complicated game. But I understand if behind the scenes it is a complicated game because the AI has to think about a lot. Like, you know, the the Xenomorphs have to not get stuck on things. They have to find the best route to you. Um, Your marine AI does a good job of, you know, getting behind cover and staying there. And they don't really do, you know, stupid shit or anything like that. So, you know, I think at its core, they got everything, you know, pretty much right. It's just there's a bunch of wonky bugs around it, which is why I think... I was able to sort of look past those bugs because the core game itself, I think, is really cool. Story-wise, uh, I can take it or leave it, um, but I don't also have a problem with sort of making up my own story as I play along. I'm really, for me, I'm really playing it 
to have my fantasy realized of controlling a squad of Colonial Marines and just watching them move, watching them clear rooms with their pulse rifles and stuff. This is the stuff that was in my head when I was playing the the leading edge, you know, board game, Aliens board game back in like 1989 as a kid. I was like, oh, what do they look like when they're like walking around and stuff and like, you know, clearing rooms and what would happen if they were fighting other colonial marines and not just xenomorphs? So this is kind of like little Corey's, you know, uh, dream come true, uh, yeah, honestly. So I love it. I enjoy it. It's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect, and it's made for a very specific type of gamer um, and fan, but if it sounds like it might be up your alley, then you know what? I say check out Aliens Dark Descent, you know? I think uh, there's worse ways to spend $40 these days, so... But I uh, hope you all enjoy this this review. Um, kind of wanted to slot this one in, even though we already recorded our Maximum Overdrive review, and that'll be coming next week. Because the bulk of August, um, Zach's out of town, I'm out of town, I'm going to be doing a road trip with my mom, uh, taking her up to, to Vancouver and uh, for her 70th birthday. So we're going to tackle August again like we did last year where we're going to review a couple of um, documentaries, kind of have like freeform discussions versus full breakdowns. So I kind of wanted to have a little bit of space in between Maximum Overdrive and Dr. Mordred. So Maximum Overdrive will be coming out next week and then expect um, a couple of uh, documentary reviews to come out after that. And if you would like to know, prior you know in advance to what those movies are we're going to be discussing then check out wrap up after dark on our patreon page it's a patreon exclusive show that zach and i do every month and uh one of the things we do on that show besides just sort of talk about things how things are going for the month and everything is we also announce the movies that we're going to be reviewing next we actually mostly usually we unwrap them on air and it's a surprise to either one of us this this month we knew what we were going to be doing so I just wanted to give you guys a heads up on all of that. Um, if you want to check out Wrap Up After Dark, go to patreon.com slash podcast after dark. That's patreon.com slash podcast after dark. Over there, we also have uh, the Carpenter Factor that Zach and I are going through John Carpenter's entire uh, filmography from Dark Star all the way up to The Ward. And this month, we are on Vampires. So that'll be dropping in a few weeks. So, And then next month is going to be Ghost of Mars. We're going to try to have uh, David Irons on that one. So we got that going on over there. And if you'd like to uh, suggest for a movie for us to break down and review for you, we've had plenty of, of them in the past. The Believers, most recently, thanks to Cam Sully. Then uh, check out our highest tier over on Patreon. And uh, you, too, can pick us to break down a movie for you. So with all the bells and whistles that come with that. So... Um, as I said earlier at the beginning of the show, you can find all of our links also at podcastingafterdark.com. So thank you all again for, for listening to me yammer on for about 35 minutes about Aliens Dark Descent. I uh, hope you all like these solo reviews. Um, I just kind of, I, I enjoy doing them. I have a good time with them. So I'm always surprised at how long I can talk without, uh, without break. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, since Zach the Snack isn't here, I'll just have to say... We'll catch you on the dark side. Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. 
and visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Thank you.